Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey! This week, we'll be discussing the science fiction classic, Star Trek First Contact, starring Patrick Stewart and the rest of the gang. <laughs> oh my god, you know I love Next Generation is the best. The Next Generation is the best. But let me tell you what they did not do best, and what? that was the mo- the movies. <laughs> I think this the series shines much brighter than these movies. Okay, well, this is what I will say. Um, I am not a huge Star Trek person. What? I know, shocking. I, I watched uh, The Next Generation when it was originally on for a couple yes. of years. Like, I was in middle school, and I thought it was great. I was in love with Counselor Troy. Um, and then I just got older and I stopped tuning in every week and then suddenly it was off. But I'll tell you what, I did watch all the movies um, up until I think this was the last one. Maybe I saw the one right after this one. Nemesis. <sighs> yes. Oh, I, I saw Nemesis once and, and don't even remember it. Then there was uh, Insurrection, I think was the one. Insurrection. That was, and I may the- have seen all of these, but I blacked them all out of my head. Most of them I've only seen like once. You know what I mean? Um, but I'll tell you what. This is a good one. This is a good one. And I, and like I will tell you this. I didn't like it as much as I remembered it. Uh, well, I will say this. Um, the part I like is the part you'd imagine I'd like. All the Borg stuff. All the I stuff love the Borg. The- when they were on the planet with Zephyr Cochran, I was about to fast forward. I could give a damn <laughs> about the actual first contact of the story. I just wanted... Because uh-uh. it's basically zombies. It's zombies in space. Uh, that's what I'm down... I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down and for I that. I will tell you, I think the series dealt with the Borg much better than the movie. With Q and and the Borg. I'm telling you, I just think that the series dealt with it better. And you missed Whoopi Goldberg as well, I imagine. Okay, Whoopi Goldberg was, I think she was really on Deep Space Nine. She was a couple of episodes, I think, on Next Generation. I thought she was the bartender Guinan in the TNG. Am I am I mixing this up? Am I, am I mixing it up? I thought she was on, like, Deep Space Nine. Who knows? So why don't you give us uh, the 30-second synopsis of Star Trek First Contact? All right, so as we learn from the series, because that's what they were alluding to at the beginning, is that uh, Picard, Jean-Luc, who is so hot. Anyway, (laughs) Jean-Luc had previously been captured by the Borg. So because of that... And who are the Borg, uh, for people who don't know? The Borg is this... uh, it's like a virus almost. They, they move from planet to planet. It's like res- the, the famous lines are resistance is futile and you will be prepared to be assimilated. So basically they just move from planet to planet, either killing or just sucking in all the inhabitants and making them a Borg. They're like a virus. They're like these zombie viruses. They start putting 
If you're a robot, they give you human parts. If you're a human, they start giving you robot parts. And it's like a, a hive. It's a collective or a hive with the queen bee and everyone is a, else is a drone that works. And, and it's a, a, a group think. You're connected with everybody else. Right. Resistance is futile. There's so, cyborgs, essentially. Yeah, in the old series, uh, the the queen wanted uh, old Jean Luc to be her king, but uh, he managed to to escape. So he still has some uh, a little anger and things. But and, and and every now and then he still feels a connection. But because of this, uh, Star Trek uh, fleet or command does not trust him. So while. Everyone else is fighting the Borg. They're sending uh, the Enterprise off to the nether reaches as far away from the Borg <laughs> Not the nether regions. Not the neutral zone. <laughs> Not the nether regions. Good Lord. Continue, please. <laughs> anyway, so of course, uh, Star- Starfleet is, is uh, losing because they don't know what to do. So he defies orders, goes... Blows up the Borg ship because he knows everything about the Borg now, now because of his intimate relationship with the Borg. Um, and then a little ball jumps out and as, like an escape pod and they chase it down and it goes through time back to Earth when Earth, uh, right before first contact, well, like when they first made contact with extraterrestrials and, and saved the day. Which I found fascinating because once we make contact with outside world, there's no war. Right. Well, what do you mean there's no war? There's no maybe no war on Earth. There wouldn't be freaking Starfleet if there were no wars because all they do is cruise around on their battleships, effing with people, fighting the Romulans, fighting the Borgs. That sounds like war to me. They're explorers. They just happen to get into They're scrapes explorers from time to time. Armed to the teeth. It, it's you know, what is it? Prepare for war. To, to prepare for peace, you must prepare for war or whatever. Sounds good. Come on, it's always a conflict. If they were just cru- cruising the universe, collecting leaf samples, no one would be watching this damn show. <laughs> leaf samples. <laughs> so anyway they get down there and uh the borg start attacking anyway they blow up the borg ship and uh, now they gotta reset the the world and uh because the borg were interfering with the first contact right so now they gotta basically prop james cromwell up and fix his ship and get everything ready for first contact meanwhile the borg ship blew up but the borg are on the on the uh the ship they capture data they sex him up uh data was faking it and saves the day the end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly good good work and once again i was watching uh 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 what is it a 4k on my on my three or my 150 dollar target christmas tv so everybody shimmered especially data oh, no. like a twilight vampire everyone lo- looked like they are like uh one of those rave party boys from the, uh, from the clubs in new york Wah, wah, wah. Very sad. So, yeah, I I will tell you what made me stop watching Next Generation. Wait on me. Guinan. No. Wesley Crusher. They kept 
put more and more. I thought they and kicked him off Wesley. the show eventually. Sent him to Starfleet. They should have killed him like freaking Carl. They hung on to Carl too long, and then every show was about Wesley. Wesley, get the hell out of here. We just want Picard and Riker. It's true. Well, so they need that teenage angsty guy that's in there. No, they no? don't. He was a whining crybaby. I just wanted to punch him in the face, just like Carl from Walking Carl. Dead. Carl. Why did the board take Crusher, man? You know why they didn't take him. They only take they him if it'll improve <laughs> society. <laughs> I don't want that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. What's your, what's your take on this uh, Jibbity Jabbity? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of what you said is obviously uh, right on point. Uh, Picard, that Starfleet doesn't want Picard involved because he was too close. Because he was assimilated for a brief time. Uh Right. Which, this is kind of an interesting point, because they're like, when they assimilate you, they start attaching, they, they pump like the, the nanites or whatever into your skin, so you turn all gray and, and zombie-ish looking. Then they start attaching, like, uh, cybernetic chunks, like, pop like your arm six off, million dollar man. poke your eyeball yeah. out. Evidently, they didn't do any of that stuff to old Picard. They just glued some stuff. No, he had an eye. He had an eye. So, so what? They just popped that off and they're like, well, luckily we have an extra eye hanging around. Picard looks great. Well, I just saw Picard looks great. Picard, and Picard had a freaking personal trainer because all of a sudden he's climbing stuff up. And he's popping muscles out of his arms. Because <laughs> you don't know. It, Picard could be 40. He could be 80. Right. No one knows. Patrick Stewart has looked the exact same for about 50 years. So, I mean, who the heck so knows? So it's like 1977 yep. was the last time he had hair. After that, he's just simply stopped aging. I think if you watch, I think it's Excalibur, you see Patrick Stewart in the early 80s, still bald as can be. I guess that's what you feel even now when you see Patrick Stewart. I feel it now. I, I feel a twitch in my leg right now just thinking about it. Now, <laughs> he was also in How the West <laughs> he was in How the West was one. Oh. And I believe he was like bald on top with like a, one of those curtains, a black haired curtain that goes around. I see. That's important. That's a good <laughs> It's like Name of the Rose, uh, Sean Connery. So they're ordered, uh, the Enterprise is ordered far away, but they eventually say, like, <laughs> we're going to defy our orders and go help out because everybody else is getting slaughtered. He's all, f Starfleet, I'm on my way. Well, even Data says, Captain, I think I speak for everybody when I say, to hell with our orders. This is a very important moment for Data, evidently. Anywho, so they, they fly in there. I used to think Data was oh, cute, too. Jesus. I love the Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> anyway, they arrived just in time. Picard, because of his ability to know the Borg, tells them exactly where they all aim their weapons. They blow up the crazy cube Borg ship, but not before the escape pod launches. Like you said... That, let me yes. ask you this. Do you not think the, the Borg cube looks like the puzzle box from, from the Pinhead movies? It's absolutely the, the puzzle box from Hellraiser. No question. It's the Cinnabites. The Borg are the Cinnabites. And they look the same, don't they? All clad in well, black. They could be. Why not? Zombie flesh. Gray, oily skin and, and like hooks and wires. Oh, it was like, uh, what's his name? Clive, Clive Barker. Uh, it's all Clive Barker all, all the, the time. time. So uh, they discovered that the Borg in that escape pod are about to go back in time. Because they wanted, the Borg is going right for Earth. Basically, that's why they all have right. to Starfleet has to step in and help them. Uh, when they go through that passage, though, suddenly 
now Earth has been assimilated. Like nine, nine billion people live on Earth, all Borg. So the Enterprise follows um, the Borg ship back through time. And they even say like, well, we're okay, but uh, our shields are down. They kind of casually throw that, that statement out there. They yeah, plant that, that seed. That, well, that's not a big not deal. A big de- our, our shields, shields are, are down. down. They quickly blast <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the Borg escape shuttle, but not before it's shooting lasers down on Earth. Uh, essentially, like you said, uh, this guy, Zephram Cochran, this is, oh my God, what is happening? Is it the Borg? They still, it's the Borg. They're still running the bells. <laughs> the bells. Uh, so basically, in 2063, 10 years after World War III, Zephyrin Cochran uh, created this uh, nuclear missile that has faster than light capabilities with his friend Lily. Um, and when they're experimenting on this thing, the uh, Vulcans just happen to be flo- driving by and notice, oh, they have faster than light travel. Now they're worthy of us making contact with. Whereas before, they were, we were considered too primitive to even bother, evidently. This is a very exactly. important period in history because then war ends all over. It's a worldwide peace. You know, the economy improves. No more coronavirus. Things are going great. <laughs> Evidently. Uh, so when the Borg blow up, uh, shoot down into this area, they damage the ship that he would have taken the next day. Basically, the Borg's trying to destroy the humans preemptively so that evidently they'll be able to run unchecked in the future, in the 24th century. It's the old, it's the old same thing. If, if you could go back in time, would you kill baby? Exactly. Hitler? He hasn't done anything yet. He's yes. a baby. Would yes. you kill him? So that's basically, but in, in this scenario, is that from Cochran is Hitler, I guess, is what you're saying? Interesting. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, Picard. We don't know what James Cromwell's up to. We don't. So we uh, Picard beams down with data. They realize that they have to help. Uh, LaForge comes down with a team uh, to rebuild it. Everything seems cool, except hmm, there seems to be some temperature fluctuations on the engineering deck. What could that be? This hmm. is all very strange. Hmm. That seems normal. Seems strange. Hmm. So Riker comes down with Troy. So there's two subplots going on here. You have Riker and Troy go down to try to convince Zephyrin Cochran, who's kind of a boozy dude. He's just like, eh, I don't know. We've been working on this thing for years, trying to set this up. And now I'm kind of ambivalent. I don't know if I feel like uh, taking the flight now. I don't know. So now let yes. me ask you this. So doesn't it just make you wonder that really you can't change history? This is what happened, and really he gets credit for something he really never did. Perhaps. I mean, we there's there's a lot of questions that pop up in this, right? He has to make that flight. I'm, I'm still obsessed. With, I'm still obsessed with the idea that every time you're transported, you're dead, oh, right. Clones. and a right. new you is. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's still very, this very, is a very troubling situation. So, but now they're losing contact with the Enterprise. Picard says, Riker, get down here. I'm going to go back up to the ship because now, now they've lost all communications to deck 13 and deck 14. And oh no, what's going on? Uh, they had to bring up Lily, who was Zephyrin Cochran's. Because nobody notices that people, A, beamed aboard. Nope. Or 
there's like people cruising around dressed as robots. Well, okay, again, I'm not Mr. Star Trek, but there seem to be a lot of like maintenance tunnels that people are constantly like retiring into. Oh my god, the Borg are coming. Quick, get into this maintenance tunnel. With, like, lights flashing. Everybody has the schematics of the ship well, memorized. Well, I mean, it's literally nothing but maintenance tunnels. There, there are more maintenance tunnels than there are just regular hallways, <laughs> evidently. Um, <laughs> and, like you said, the Borg are, are crawling around in the maintenance tunnels. They sense people up, hmm, something's wrong with the thermostat. Let me go in there and check. Ah! Hear a scream. There's people ten feet away. Do not react to the scream. They're like, <laughs> Yogi <Yoke and> Johnson... <laughs> Are you there? Where are you? Where where are you, Engineer Smith? Ah! So, yeah. Not very subtle. But then five seconds later, we don't know how many Borgs transported onto the the Enterprise, but within a matter of seconds, seemingly, there's a hundred Borgs roaming around. There's a hundred Borgs, they, and quite frankly, they don't really give a damn. They have something to do, so they're pretty much just going to ignore you unless you well, try to kill they, them. they cr- clearly grab some homies early on. But it's like, what is the Borg technology? Basically taking vacuum cleaner tubes and sticking them to the walls? Oh my god, the Borg have been here. There's freeze. <laughs> yeah, number one thing, if you want to be a Borg for Halloween, you need to order vacuum cleaner <laughs> tubes and plenty, plenty. of Plenty. Um, okay, so they say they picked up Worf, uh, who was the captain of the Defiant during the battle. So he's on board helping out as well. Uh, they're like, okay, well, the Borg are here. We got to take care of this. Uh, Picard wearing his jaunty like hunting vest or whatever it is. Data comes around. Right. There's, there's multiple humorous scenes with uh, Data showing emotions and Picard being like, damn it, would you shut off your emotion chip for God's sakes? He's all very excited. Do you remember the episode where Data had a girlfriend for like a whole I episode? remember an episode where it was like everybody like got the touch where they're all like nymphomaniacs and uh, Data <laughs> and, and uh, Lieutenant Yar have, a, have an interlude for some reason. And Data says in this movie, I am fully yes! functional. Yes. He likes to, he likes well, to discuss that a lot. Well versed in multiple techniques, which is kind of like a little TMI, a little too much. I don't know if I need all this. Thanks a lot, Data. <laughs> uh, good times. So they're roaming through the halls and they go, well, with our, our fancy phaser guns, um, they because the Borg are constantly evolving, evidently. You can only hit them so right. you can only shoot them so many times before they adjust. So now, like a shield pops up, and now they're immune. Well, the other thing is they have to grab a couple of you, and this is the reason why they grab data was because they're now they're going to download all the information out of your brain. So that's how they learn well, about you. Basically, too. what happened is um, the Borg have effectively taken over ninety percent of the ship before they can finish it. Data locks out the computer with an encryption that they can't break. So they need him now. They need because the only data knows uh, the, the code, I guess, to get into the computers. So that there's, there's that whole thing right. going on. Picard meets Lily uh, in one of the maintenance tunnels. Uh, she was brought up to the ship because she had radiation poisoning caused by the attack on the Borg on their uh, nuclear missile that they were going to fly on. So they brought her up. Picard was exactly. very much like, hey, Prime Directive. Prime Directive. Do you know what the Prime Directive is? Which, which Beverly immediately, the, the Prime Directive is you're not supposed to interfere. Throw right out the window. 
They'll t- Troy goes to Zephram Cop goes, hey, we're from outer space. Kirk, Kirk yeah. was the worst. Kirk was the worst. Not only am I going to interfere, I'm going to impregnate yes. oh, half the He scattered the seed to the four winds. It was very upsetting. To the it's four also fully winds. Functional. And apparently, all he's also. <laughs> apparently, all you have to do to be a doctor in the future is you hold this uh, 70s cassette player with a microphone and wave it over people. Yes. And there well, you go. Well, they have that thing that they like stick you in the neck with. They're like, here, this will cure it. It's like I can that, do that, and then they have rope. They have robot doctor from uh, our the movie howling. that we yes, previously from reviewed. Yes, appears. Yep, the howling. So, so whatever, I, I'm a Could, doctor now too. That that I would stay on the ship, and I'm a doctor now too because I can hold the. Oh thing no, question. Do you, do you need a medical degree to to do this stuff? I like, the computers analyze you. It doesn't Very seem upset. like You're it. right. There's the, the uh, emergency uh, medical hologram pops up, and which they don't like to use, evidently. Luckily, he pops up and does a little little uh, distraction so that they can escape through one of the maintenance tunnels. He's like, well, Borg imp cause uh, skin irritation. Can I prescribe an analgesic? It was hilarious. <laughs> Good times. I wonder, I wonder how much he got right. paid for his Because that character was from Voyager. wasn't from the next generation. So there you right. have it. They just decided to throw it in there. What the hell? I think they just gathered their <laughs> Pretty friends much. and said, hey, payday's coming. Payday's That's it. Coming. Can't beat it. I gotta pay, they got to pay their bills, too. Yeah. Uh, so he meets up with Lily. Lily is, again, confused about all this stuff because she's from uh, the year 2063, not from the 24th century. Luckily, Picard kind of charms her into getting on board. Uh, understand, she gives up the phaser. Um, so there's all this crazy... One by one, the Borg are taking over the ship. Smash cut to the planet. They're trying to, conv- they're trying to fix Cockrum's ship. They're evidently oblivious. There's, all co- there's, there's literally genocide going on. on- uh, they're trying to convince him to not drink quite so much the night before the... Uh, the, the flight, <laughs> evidently, while they repair. What I kept thinking to myself is, so they need the faster-than-light ship to travel in the solar system so that the Vulcans will see it. Cool. Thought they were the no, Romulans. The Vulcans are the good guys. It was. It was actually, if you look, it was uh, Spock's great grandfather's great grandfather is the one they actually meet. There you go. Look- I don't know why, but I swear to you, I thought they kept saying Romulans because, you know, the Romulans and the Vulcans they are. are well, the Romulans, the, okay. The Vulcans are ruled by logic, while the Romulans <laughs> are ruled by emotion. So, but biologically, they're very similar. Thank you very much. Uh, so, there's, again, there's the genocide going on. The Borg have taken over the ship little by little. Uh, Worf is able to kill uh, Borg with his bare hands. As is Data. I mean, Data's basically the Terminator when he deals with it. He's throwing right. them and tossing them around. Then they show, like, again, Ensign Lynch trying to do some hand-to-hand to no avail. It's If you're a regular dude, it's, no. you might as well just shoot yourself with the phaser. At one point... Because you're, you, what are you punching a brick wall? You're punching, you're punching a computer. I mean, what are you doing? It's made out of iron. Not, not much, evidently. Um, and one by one, these randos, the red shirts, get grabbed by the Borg, and the Borg like have Borg have like this these tubes that come out of their fingers and they stick you in the neck with them and pump uh, the nanites. I had to look this up. I I didn't know what it was. 
they were, were poking you with. But it's a nanite that quickly turns your your skin all uh, gray, and then you become kind of one of their people, basically. One point, Homie, uh, one of the uh, the Star Trek dudes, gets stuck with it and kind of collapses, and he turns to Picard, and he's like, "Help me, help me!" Picard just blasts him. I'll, I'll help I'll help you into your coffin. If that's what you mean. Well, because yeah, he, very early on, what very early on, do? Picard is like. You may see some of your crewmates roaming around now being all Borgy. You do not hesitate. You'll be doing them a favor. Ignoring the fact that he was actually saved from this fate not that long ago. It's like, how quickly, how quickly we forget, Picardo. You're just like, yeah, I know they rescued me, but I, I, I got the time to rescue anybody else. You're on your own, pal. It's the same with all these movies. Exactly. The, the, the hero who w- yep. once was them now has no compassion. Not for even them. a Boom. little bit. He becomes, he becomes serious. Mm-mm. Serious. They, they do manage, the Borg managed to uh, grab Data and kidnap him. Ostensibly to get the codes from him. But there's also this bizarre romance. The Borg Queen pops up. And uh, IMDB says this is actually the first appearance of the Borg Queen. That she didn't exist prior to this. That doesn't se- that doesn't seem right to me. When he when when Picard was uh, captured, wasn't she in that? I don't know. That's what it says here. Maybe you're right. But what they what they said, and this is kind of a behind the scenes thing, is that they needed a central villain because it's hard to to care about the villain if just a voice on the computer on the intercom or something that you're dealing with. No, I like the queen bee hive thing. I thought that was It is kind of confusing because they are supposed to be a collective hive mind. But then at the same time, you have the Borg queen who it's like, are you the one calling the shots? Or is it all just, are you just kind of a, a, an avatar for the, for the collective or what the story is? But anywho. And she wouldn't really no, she, discuss it. But it seems to me that it's like a beehive. Well, and even Data says, that's an interesting, if cryptic, answer. And that's what the audience was thinking Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, So she tries to basically bribe uh, Data by grafting skin, human skin, onto his arm, which I found very fascinating. It was like literally just a slab of of flesh kind of taped on there. It was kind of stretched over. And you notice right. that underneath Data's like synthetic flesh is a lot of like flashing lights. Why is that necessary? Why would you have yes. nonstop flashing lights under your skin? Hard to say. Hard yeah. to say. And wouldn't they shine through? <laughs> wouldn't you be like like glowing constantly? Good call, Brother Bear. Good call. Yeah, that was that was disturbingly erotic as she's blowing on it. And yeah. He has like an orgasm. That was well, very he, upsetting. He got goosebumps. Very upsetting. Which is a, a new sensation. Yeah, we all have goosebumps, but we don't necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely cleanup on aisle 12. No question. <laughs> he is fully functional after all. Uh, very upsetting. And so this, this goes on and on. Uh, Picard becomes more bloodthirsty as this is going on. Um, they realize that the Borg are trying to set up... Uh, like some kind of communication device to call the Borg that are existing in the 21st century in the Delta Quadrant. Uh, he goes out Oof. there uh, in a like an astronaut suit with Worf and uh, Lieutenant Hawk or Hawk. Exactly. Who is he? 
don't don't get too attached. Uh-huh. Don't get too attached. Yeah. Whenever you see a new face, yeah. you figure out. Oh, totally. uh-huh. It was like, oh, here are every character I know, and here's Lieutenant Hawk, who I've never seen before. Isn't he the dude who played like Captain Kirk or something? He looks he, just like that dude. Although this he must be he much older is actually than that, I, I I don't know what his name is. I can look it up, but I'm not going to. He I don't you've care. seen him in stuff within the last like ten or fifteen years, but he's shocking. He has like white hair and like crazy blue eyes. So he's like another. If you saw him, you'd know who he was. Cal yes. Ripken, if you evil saw eye. Him, you'd know exactly who he was because he looks very different here. I'm so, I'm so, I'm starting to think that yeah, because here he looks like the dude who played Kirk in the new Star. Uh, well, I have uh, Star to, I have to say this, and I, I wrote this down in my notes. In the future, your sideburns have to be like points. You can't just have normal sideburns. Everybody, like Data has them, like the pointy sideburns. Uh, Picard's got them. Even even Lieutenant Hawk has got the crazy pointy sideburns. I know it's a it's a Captain Kirk thing, but evidently we're we're carrying it on years later. Okay, that's not easy to do. By the way, <laughs> pointy sideburns is not easy. I'm just gonna tell you. Anyway, so they go out out outside of the Enterprise, and you see the Borg walking around trying to set up some kind of. Uh, satellite array on the dish um they managed to foil the plans but of course not before hawk is turned i'm gonna call him hawk hoke who knows hawk he gets turned into a borg i swear to god in 15 seconds right he almost yeah. deactivates the clamp and then gets grabbed by a borg taken off off camera again 10 seconds and borgified. Not just gray skin, but he even has implants. What, they took his helmet off in outer space and slapped some implants? <laughs> like, what is happening? Anyway, again, <laughs> Kirk is not, or Kirk, Picard is not too happy, does not give a good goddamn. Later, he, he's trying to escape the Borg. He takes Lily into the holodeck because they're visiting every, every deck, every room in the Enterprise where he's. It's like some kind of 1920s, uh, you know, Sam Spade mystery. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's he's so cool. Uh, yes. And if I was on the ship, I would be in the holodeck. Well, area. Uh, you're the, if you're the captain of the ship, don't you have, like, duties? You know, you can't be like, I'll be in the holodeck for the next four hours. What the heck is going on? Anyway. you got the comp- It's all computers. They're doing everything for you. All you have to do is say. Yes, say, engage. make it so. <laughs> and make it so so it is written so Pretty it much. shall be done that's from the 10 so he goes in there <laughs> but not before like forcing the borg to follow him in there and he shoots he like grabs like a, a computer generated uh tommy gun from one of the gangsters and shoots the borg and it works it works i kept thinking i just be leaving come on borg come on in if that if that works you know i'd stay in the holodeck all day Anyway, again, it shows the rage bubbling up. He's about to, like, beat the, the dead Borg with, the, with his rifle at this point. Lily has to stop him. For sure, he has some, he has some he Borg does. issues. A lot, a lot of No, it's not rage. that repressed either, frankly. He <laughs> goes to the corpse and roots around in the, in the body, like, digging into the body and pulls out a chip because this is the control chip. Like, like gutting it with fish. his bare hands. Bare hands. He didn't, well, he didn't pull out a scalpel. Uh, Lily notices that underneath the, the Borg uh, apparel, she sees the uh, 
the Starfleet uniform underneath. It's like, oh my God, Jean Luc, yeah. this is one of your men. He's like, yeah, I know, this is Yeoman Lynch. And so Lynch, all... she's yeah. like, uh, tough luck for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're he, right, sister. Picard did not get to do that <laughs> again. So he figured no. out what the plan is. Now everybody's like, we're getting our butts kicked. Our weapons don't work anymore. What should we do, Captain? Jean-Luc is like, I don't care. Go down there, fight them hand to hand. And even Worf is like, this is nuts. I like nothing better than to, to, <laughs> to mix it up with the Borg. But we're getting cream down there. Um, everybody's turning against right. him. Worf and, and Picard have this moment where Picard says, you're a filthy coward. It was very oh. upsetting. Worf was like, if you are another it was man, very I will kill a... you where you stand. So uh, Lily goes in and talks some sense into Picard. He gives his long speech. was like, the line must be drawn here. He's a very Shakespearean moment. Uh, he doesn't want, want to blow up the ship. that's their plan. They the say, deal. if you blow up the ship, then we're cool. We destroy the Borg. Now, granted, we can't go back to the future. We're trapped in the past, but at least humanity is saved, is the idea. I don't want to be trapped in the past, 300 I, I years in the past. I, I think he's right on there with that. I'm like, with these primitives? She compares him to Captain Ahab, and evidently that gets that does the trip, the, the trick. It kind of... And, uh, apparently, a that, book she's he, never read he either. Quoting, <laughs> Uh, the lines from uh, from Moby Dick, and she's like, "Oh, actually, I haven't read it." Wah wah wah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. So they start evacuating the ship. Everybody starts escaping as much as they can, uh, but Picard's not going. He's like, I'll, "I'm gonna, I don't know, sacrifice myself for no reason." Oh, he's going to go get Data because Data is still uh, been held prisoner. So he gets down there, and Data now has half of his face is like covered with human flesh, normal flesh. And he's got like a, a crazy blue eye now. And his hair is like kind of fashionably styled over that part of like his face for some reason. It's like, it was very bizarre. It was like, my hair is slicked back on the Android side, but on the human side, now I've got a little curl. I look like Harry Styles or somebody. Uh, <laughs> so but evidently like he's on board. He's like, now I'm, I'm with the agenda. Uh, of the the Borg Queen, I deactivate the computers. Uh, I'm I'm turning off the self destruct mechanism. Sorry, Picard, this isn't going to work. You're screwed. Um, but he isn't. Data, use he he comes. That's right. You know, it was all a, a ruse. He says resistance is futile. He smashes his hand into some kind of. I don't even know what it was. It was like a, a vat or a tub of, of something. It was like uh, antimatter plasma something. witchcraft. It, it will destroy all organic things. So Picard acts like Errol Flynn, leaps through the air, is hanging on uh, crazy, uh, again, uh, vacuum tubes that are just hanging out of the, the, uh, the wall. Um, and all the Borg are wiped out, basically. They're all... because. Even though they're mostly right. machine, they require their organic parts to survive. They get all, they flump over. Uh, the Borg Queen flumps over. All the remain, and when the Borg Queen dies, all the remaining ones who maybe weren't dipped in the plasma also drop over. Data's fine. It's just those few pieces of flesh are kind of burned off and he's, he's cool. Let me, let me ask you this question. So, Borg Queen gone, therefore no more Borgs uh, anywhere? Uh... 
These are interesting questions. Was that a belt? <laughs> well, that not only on that, garage. how about, how about ah. right after this? Ah. <laughs> when we find yes. out that her brain and spine are yes. robots. So I don't even understand Doesn't that at all. Sense. Well, he, he does pick it up Where and did she snap come it from? too, though, right? Uh, when it's all said and done. Right. So that's the end of that. Zephyrin Cochran does fly. Uh, no, go back to my I, question. How did she come to be? Know. She would have had to have started as a robot. I don't know. What's her origin story? They have so you have so many superhero bullcrap origin stories that I could not give an f about. Uh, where does this is an excellent question? From? How that, long has she been be around? That would be interesting. Who knows? Uh, know. So they've defeated the Borg on the ship. Uh, Riker and LaForge jump in the back of the uh, the rocket ship with Cochran. They do the flight. The Vulcans are there. Everything's cool. They have first contact. Everything's fine. They managed to make their way back to the future. The end. Did I forget anything? Mm, that's that about get the covers job it. done. Um, this is important because I, I was on Twitter, just kind of like I do, and people were t- constantly talking about First Contact Day. It's because First Contact Day, according to the movie, is April fourth. So there you My go. So your first contact. Very good. It made my first contact, and I've decided that potentially I could still be alive when when this date comes to pass. I'll be close to a hundred, but I did give up smoking five years ago, so I plan on. Well, living that's forever. important. A uh, couple quick random <laughs> crazy observations. Um, there's a scene where uh, Data and Picard go to the planet to kind of assess the damage, and Lily pops out with a machine gun. And shoots data point blank in the chest and in the front, hundred times, like a right hundred times. Before, right after he literally dro- drops down like a hundred feet off a, a high, uh, I don't know, like a walkway or catwalk or something, and he's fine. I'm like, bullets don't bounce off him; they penetrate him. But evidently, his internal functions right. are not that important. Or what? What's the story? Again, he's the Terminator. Evidently, he is uh, undefeatable. So they should have leaned into that. And none of this happened in the previous. I don't remember him just flying through the. Yeah. I don't remember him being the Terminator right. in the series. But now he, he is. is immortal. He's, he's indestructible. Like literally, again, the Borg are established. Like if you're a regular dude, the Borg will just will get you. They will get you. And there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do. Meanwhile, Data just goes to the Borg, just tosses him around. One hand, pops him in the head. He's like Bruce Lee out there, just killing these Borgs like they're nothing. So he is obviously, I mean, there's something going on. He's like the most powerful dude. Wait, wait, I don't understand how they were able to capture him. Well, they grabbed his legs. And they pulled him. Oh, is that... His weaknesses are. If you grab around the ankle, yeah, he's he's totally defenseless. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) another thing I noticed: so they grab the Borg, they turn them into these cyborgs, and they have to attach a crazy kind of useless club arm to them for some reason. It's like a couple of those people. It was like weird little like things poking off it, but it was like, what is the purpose of this thing? (laughs) Some of them have like knives or claws, which seem to make sense. Others do not. There's just literally just a hand would be more useful here. Why don't I just leave the hand? I want a claw. 
I don't want like a, a Evil Dead chainsaw, but I would like to Something? have like a sharp claw. Why not? For God's sakes. Um, <laughs> let's think. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I've a lot. Literally, I had a lot of notes here. There's the scene. So they have to go down to the planet. They all have to wear like mid 21st century attire. So when Picard and Data go back to the Enterprise, they're still wearing their, their mid 20th century attire. Then they're like, let's go get the Borg. Hang on. I got to change back into my Starfleet uniform. Give me a minute. Exactly. I know half the, the ship has already been assimilated, but you know, I, I got to be in my regular attire. But of course, Picard is wearing like a fancy vest <laughs> that we've never seen him wear before. Oh, that vest was terrible. <laughs> Who keeps bringing the vest yeah. back? No. I had I had some issues because I always like next generation uniforms. They always look very sharp with the the padded shoulders. Yep. It, it cut a good line. But then what the oh, the problem always was they want to show them in their casual attire. Like Picard always had some kind yes. of deep V yes. and like <laughs> and like a yeah. vest uh, for you know sitting around listening to Bach, Beethoven, or <laughs> yes, he was sporting the deep V through ninety percent of this movie. It was like what is always. happening? <laughs> oh, All I needed was a medallion at this stage of the game. Okay, here's fantastic. Do they need yes. Zephram Cochran to fly? Let me let, well, let me tell you what I'm thinking. They don't need they don't need him well, to be I, in I, there I, for sure. And yes. why are they There's in the many, ship many with them? If Cochran's like, forget this, I'm not flying. Couldn't they just fly it themselves and just hey, by the and pretend to be Zephyrin Cochran for the history books? Um, right. Because the prime directive right, is out the window. Tossed, as they usual. told Zephyrin Cochran they were from the future. You know, like five minutes after arriving on the planet. Um, but exactly even another level, if the reason why first contact occurs is because they flew that interstellar ship newsflash, they already have an interstellar ship in the solar system, the enterprise. Can't they just use that yeah, to interesting. make first contact? Yeah. Interesting that uh, the uh, Vulcans didn't pick up on this giant yes. ship that's 100 times exactly. bit bigger than their own ship. It, oh, it was, hit, it was <laughs> hidden by a moonbeam <laughs> or something. Barbarella's ship blew by yep. and, and disguised it. Yeah, there were a lot of no funny um, lines. Uh, Lily was when he was talking about the Borg. Uh, Picard was talking about the Borg to Lily. She was like, "The Borg, they sound Swedish." And later she sees them. She's like, "Yeah, definitely, definitely not Bjorn Borg. Definitely not Swedish." <laughs> uh, yeah, I wrote down a couple of good lines too, but of course I left that notebook. Good on my times. Um, any other observations? <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of. A couple of data oh. double entendres. There was some wacky business. My problem with when I was yes. looking at this, because I, I like a like a month ago, I, I caught a couple old uh, next generation On Netflix. episodes, and I was like, oh, I need to start. I, I'm like, I need to start yep. watching this again. But a couple of things that I found it a little annoying is that they were overly yep. fancy. The other one, you know, they had. I mean. They're at work, you know. They had your old girlfriend there dolled up way yep. too fancy. And it frankly didn't even She had like a miniskirt or whatever on those early next generation. Yeah. She was the best. I'll tell you what. Truthfully, initially I liked Yar. But in, in retrospect, I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. Troy. 
Troy's the one. You you like a rounder <laughs> lady. The other y'all y'all yeah, clearly, clearly a lesbian. Yes, in retrospect, that is definitely the case. And they killed her off. That's why it was well, funny. well because she was going so on to bigger thought. and better things. Yes, or so she thought. Exactly. That's always the difference when they kill you off because you're going on to better things. That means they fucking hate you and right. you're never coming back. Only in soap operas do they bring you back as your evil twin or you'd been kidnapped it by a. They by did a time bring her back though a couple times if I remember. Not like as a clone or as a ghost or as a memory or something. I remember she popped up a couple more times. But you're right. It was like Data and she always had some deep thing going on because that was his first uh, yeah. whatever. Um, okay, let's go to. I, go for I it. guess it. I guess it doesn't really go against the the robot code uh, or the lesbian code <laughs> if you're with a robot because is a robot really male or female or wait? What, what's mean... the lesbian code? Is my next question. Interesting. <laughs> Moving on. Well, lesbian code. I mean, now, of course, we're at a more fluid okay. time. But back in the 90s, it was more Interesting. regimented. Okay, we're know. getting into dangerous uh, territory here. Let's, get, let's bring it back to uh, <laughs> behind the scenes, if I may. Lay it on. Oh, Jonathan Franks is clearly wearing a rug at this point. So at this point, Jonathan Franks, who, who I love, Riker, because he always has like the twinkle in his eye. Yeah, he 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 looks like he'd be just be savage in bed. Anyway, he has a twinkle in his eye. I love. I will tell you, I hated so much about the original Star Trek, is that freaking Captain Kirk was so out of control. He should have been court-martialed before he was twenty and executed. Right. But the I like the the Picard and the Riker. Neither one is crazy. Right. Neither one. You don't have to be all emotion and no emotion. Spock versus Kirk. They both have their own personalities, and I really appreciated that. Well, what's interesting in the behind the scenes is the fact that originally in the script, it's Riker on the ship and it's Picard on the planet. And Patrick Stewart said, no way, switch it. Because he wanted to show off that he's virile and action-oriented and all that good stuff. So Riker got sent to the planet. Uh, because it's Picard show, man. D- don't worry about that. It makes a lot more sense to have it be Picard because he's the one with the, the background on the board. If he's on the planet, he's oblivious to anything that's happening. Absolutely. And he's the captain. He's not supposed to. I never understood how the captains were always on these away teams. They need to be on the ship. They, they, the captain goes down with the ship. This is your protection, not off to some other planet to, to see what the hell's going on. The no captain question. stays on the ship. You send your number one. Number one, exactly. You send him. So there you have it. Um, they were the, the crew of the original Next Generation show was never happy with the way that the board were portrayed on the TV series due to budgetary concerns. Right. So, so they were really happy that the, with a much bigger budget for the movie, they were able to really kind of show it. And they wound up using these same sets and things uh, for Star Trek Voyager after that. Oh, because so the Borg is a terrifying idea. It is a terrifying. Is. Resistance is futile. You are going to join them whether you want to or not. And you're not even going to care. 
Right, because your weapons after a while, your weapons become useless. That was that's Whatever a scary do. thing. It is a yes. virus. It adapts. It mutates. So you get one shot, and then you better have a, a good B plan because that that's not going to happen again. That's true. Um, let's see. This is the first movie or TV or uh, TV show TV show episode where the words Star Trek are actually said. So uh, James Cromwell, as Efren Cochran says. So you guys are on some sort of a Star Trek. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Good times. Mm-hmm. Um, I said this earlier. The Borg Queen was created because the writers were having difficulty in writing dialogue for what was intended to be the Borg central computer. No, they she's fantastic. She's yep. beautiful. She's got well, a crazy let's... accent. And she looks like her skin is cold and oily like a snake. I don't know about beautiful. She looks like a mutant zombie. You I, know, mean, I thought she was beautiful. You don't know you're beautiful. And frankly, I thought you'd be all on board after your great uh, Lieutenant Yar uh, revelations. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the first movie where they replace Jordy's uh, visor with like ocular implants. Yeah, he, he was hated always, that. Right. He thought it, it kind of inhibited his ability to act. So... Very sad. You can see him a lot without his visor on Reading Rainbow on PBS. Reading Rainbow. Take a look. It's in a book. The Reading Rainbow. That's true. Um, Whoopi Goldberg was not asked to return as Guinan, even though her character has a lot to do with the Borg. So she couldn't understand why. Well, I don't know why they had Troy on. She, who the hell cares? She didn't use any of her really empathic abilities. She's there just because they liked her and she wanders around a couple of times. She really contributed nothing to it. She's a hottie. That's what, that's what she contributes. She got some, that, that top knot bullshit. I mean, she looks terrible. (laughs) Top knot. She looked much better in uh, the regular show. And I, I never liked the way they dealt with her relationship with Riker. They should, they, it was always this, I mean, 20 years Will of they, sexual. Won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just effing do it. Well, and they even talk about it in the movie where he's like, is this your husband? She's like, no. No, <laughs> that ship has sailed. That's so. right. He's dead to me. The son of a bitch. He had his chance. He had his chance. <laughs> um, so this movie was directed by William Riker himself, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. And he got the nickname Two Takes Frakes. Because he, he ain't got no time. Boom. Boom. He's, he's basically the Clint Eastwood where it's just like, we're, we're just, you know, we're doing this once, maybe twice, and we're getting on with our lives. There you have it. Uh, Michael Dorn, Brent Spiner, Gates McFadden, and Jonathan Frakes have all been quoted. This is their favorite of all the four Star Trek movies they were in. I, be- I have I, to agree. I would have to agree, too. But, but the problem, really the only problem I have is it's just not very sophisticated. No. And maybe no. I'm jaded, but it, it, it's just an extended version of the TV show. The yes. writing wasn't that sophisticated. There's some gaps that, uh, I mean. No, it's true. It's just. It, I don't it, like how they movies... styled everybody. I mean, if you didn't know these people, you would know nothing about it. If this is the, your first experience with Next Generation, 
you wouldn't know anything about them. Just there's nothing about their personality. The 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 characters aren't very developed. Right. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. It's fine though. It gets the job done. It gets I the mean, job I... done. There's no violence except when you're right. shoving his arm up uh, uh, his friend to get the battery pack out or whatever. A poor Ensign Lynch. Is poor, that the one you're talking? Poor Ensign Lynch. It's scary, but not too scary. It's fun for the whole family. It's fun. <laughs> it makes me want to go back and watch the old series. It's on Netflix. I, uh, I'm down. Actually, I actually started watching uh, a couple episodes after seeing this because I was kind of like, I feel like I need to know more about the Borg. So there you go. I started. We'll see what happens. You, I, you have to see the first one, the one with Q. Where, do you know who Q is? Of course. He was in the, uh, what is it, something at Farpoint, the uh, pilot episode. Well, he was also in the one with... Um, He's the one who brought the Borg because he felt he's an omnipotent being. He's the one who brought the, the, the Borg to Picard just to F with him because he felt that he was overconfident and all this stuff. So I forget what it says. It's Q something or other, but that's where we were first Q introduced who? to the Borg. Yeah. The is that it? called Q who it's in season two of uh, Star Trek, the next generation. So check oh, it out. I'm going to go watch that today. I'm going to watch because I love Q, the character of Q. I loved also. He was he was the evil husband in the uh, or the molester doctor in the hand that rocked the cradle. <laughs> I, I do remember that. Yes, do you uh, remember Rebecca, that? Rebecca De Mornay's uh, husband <laughs> yeah. who commits suicide because he was given exams, but he'd take his glove off surreptitiously first. Horrible. And give her a, a special massage. Exactly. Oh, sweet Jesus. I've seen that movie 10,000 times, and I, I hate the wife, and I hate the husband. I end up rooting for Rebecca DeMornay. I've seen it once, and once was enough. Let me tell you. <laughs> it seems to be one of those movies that are always on, like, on a Saturday at 3 o'clock. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind. The original Go. actor that was going to be Zephyrin Cochran, the explorer from the mid 21st century was going to be Tom Hanks, but he had to no. bail. He had to bail because he was doing that thing you do. So they settled on poor old. So there you have it. Which James Crom- Cromwell is, is a great actor. That'll do pig LA confidential. Yep. This role. Yeah, a ton of mm. stuff. Yeah. Revenge of the nerds. Yeah. Th- th- this was not his shining <laughs> role. This was like not, I, I mean said, that I his cared. whole character was was boring and ridiculous. I only cared when they were on the ship dealing with the Borg. When they're on the planet dealing with drunken Zephyrin Cochran who doesn't isn't sure he wants to fly the plane anymore, doesn't want to be a hero. Don't build, tell me about a statue that you went to oh. Zephyrin Cochran school. So, yeah, this is what I'm talking life. about. This was like an extent. This was TV writing. That was TV writing for the 90s. At right. that point, I was unloading the dishwasher because I've literally seen this so many times. And as soon as I heard any Borg like, because it's the Borg you right. want to see. Of course. Of course. You want more Borg and you want them to be more terrifying. Yes, I agree. I, I think they gave up on the Borg much too soon. And maybe the Borg need, need to visit uh, whatever. Whenever we have movies again after the plague passes over us, uh, we need to have more freaking Borg. Well, it's that thing. It, problem with the Borg, which is kind of similar to the problem with zombies in general, is it's just kind of like they don't have a lot of personality. 
number one. Um, and they're either super weak or totally indestructible. So it's it's hard to, to find a good uh, middle ground. You know what I mean? It's oh, like they okay, were... Okay, so but then... No, listen to me. Listen to me. Wait Here it me. is. This, this, this is our chance is we're going to get the backstory for the Borg Queen. That could be interesting. There you go. Hello, <laughs> Hollywood. Hello, Hollywood. Just send, send it yes. <laughs> Any Any last thoughts and feelings before we get on with our lives? Hmm. I'm just saying, I never really watched Deep Space Nine. I, I, I watched one or two Voyagers, but my allegiance, as you can tell from, we will post on the site my fantastic uh, Next Generation uh, uniform. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait <laughs> can't wait so there you uh, have it <laughs> i'm cutting you off there you have it <laughs> go to our page <laughs> on facebook at podcast that wouldn't die go to our page on twitter at t podcast tw die like subscribe to both because they're different go you can email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at gmail we're on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. if you're subscribe and rate and Aaron, I am indeed. I am the cult of Aaron. <laughs> so go check out the cult of Aaron. Uh, so yeah, there you have it. Thank you very much for joining us, and be well. Stay safe. Don't go to Costco. Don't Costco delivers now. Don't be an idiot, or I'll send the Borg to mess with you. <laughs>